into the contest. It is Tuesday, the 13th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, how are you, my friend? A lot better than all of our English mates. I haven't heard from any of them on the WhatsApp. I'll tell you what, they are just flat as a tack. Well, mate, the whole last week, my phone's been ringing off the hook saying it's coming home, it's coming home from all my English friends. And uh, you know what? Today, could not hear boo from a goose, mate. <laughs> the phone hasn't been ringing at all. They're, all their phones are turned off. They've gone into full-on lockdown, no matter where they are in Australia, mate. Yeah, they're boiling past in the Euro <laughs> silverware because it's gone to Rome. We have the opportunity for you to win a State of Origin jersey, a signed New South Wales jersey, and of course they've won game one, game two, and hopefully we'll win game three on Wednesday. All you need to do, follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That is Afternoon Sport Facebook or Twitter, and you will be in the running for that. Huge show on the way. One of the greatest swimmers of all time, Grant Hackett, is with us. Rugby league player and radio host Katie Brown, as well as our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, casts his eye at the Euros and all things the world game. Well, one of my favourite Australian sports people, and he's one of the best, of course, one of our great swimmers. Gold in Sydney, gold in Athens in the 1500 metres. Grant Hackett, how are you? Very well, thanks, Gilby. How are you? We're good. Grant Shanley here, mate. Uh, I just want to wonder, do you get butterflies around this time of the year, mate, when Olympics get really close? Oh, I start to wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night on the Olympics. <laughs> I hear the Olympics are around the corner. But besides that, uh, not too much. It's quite funny. I, I Even with my work now, I still work in sort of four-year goal setting because it's just the way I've been programmed my entire <laughs> life. So I still work in that quadrennial sort of mindset. But, yeah, it's always a time where you think about, your past Olympics and what could have been, you know, mm. reflect on those moments in time. And, and what do you think of this Australian swim team? Uh, you you had the opportunity to have a look at the trials and look at them pretty closely? Absolutely, yeah. The, the team that they've assembled is actually outstanding. Obviously, I was doing a bit of work around the trials there and just to watch those performances and to see how much everyone stepped up, it was really a case of a lot of unknowns given that we had to, you know, wait the additional year, the fact that, some people have been in lockdown. Some people have more you know, opportunity to be able to get to a facility and train. You wonder what the performances were going to be like. And to be totally honest, this team that we've assembled, I think, is much stronger than what we had five years ago going into Rio in 2016. So I think we're going to see a lot of great performances. We pulled three gold medals there. I think we'll get a, a mm. few more than that this time around. Grant, um, being a cricketer, mate, we obviously played in front of crowds. Having no crowds in Japan, it might be a silly question, but can you actually hear the crowd when you're swimming on your head underwater? It's quite funny. You, you can hear the crowd and obviously you've got the atmosphere and the excitement and the build-up and, and the lead-up to – um, you know, big sporting events. And you're used to competing in front of uh, big crowds at World Championships or Commonwealth Games or Pan Pacific Championships. So it'll be a really weird feeling going out for the biggest race of your life and seeing no one standing there except a yeah. bunch of officials and maybe a few people from the media. So I don't know how some people will respond to that. Some people would be good because they could be more nervous in front of a big crowd and it doesn't yeah. come naturally for them. But some other people, um, that they might hate the fact that they're not on stage and out to you know show off what they've done over the past five years of this preparation. Be a bit like the Patricia Brothers Fairfield Sports Carnival with the flags <laughs> over the top. I don't think I don't think I ever ever finished fifty meters. That's how bad I was. Half lab from Guildford. But look, it's been a massive shit fight. The whole last year and a half has. Look, it, it's just good to have the Olympic Games. I know some people are going, oh, it's not going to be this, not going to be that. At the end of the day, Hacky, it's just good that it's on, isn't it? And 
people have the opportunity to actually watch it. Well, can you imagine the productivity over those, you know, 17 days of the Olympic Games? Like people go, where, where have you been for the last three hours? I was, I was busy just head down doing a few emails. But and then you hear the rowing going. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's one of these great events where there's always a bit of controversy coming to an Olympic Games, none more than coming into to Tokyo, even though they call it 2020, 2021. Um, the, the, the fact is we get such inspiration from what we see, whether it's our own athletes or, you know, watching the likes of a Usain Bolt over the past three Olympic Games just absolutely dominate and post times that you just didn't think were humanly possible or, you know, Michael Phelps when he has eight gold medals back in Beijing. You see these sorts of things and they inspire you in your own life, in your own performance or whatever you might be doing. And I'm sure this Olympic Games, like all the others in history, will have those outstanding performances. And, you know, I think it's a, the sort of inspiration that not only we need, but the rest of the world needs at the moment to see what what amazing things can be done, even in dire circumstances that we've been living in in the last 18 months. Yeah, well said. It seems to me the swim team feels like a big sort of family unit. What would it mean to someone like Kate Campbell getting the honours of, of being a flag bearer? Oh, I mean, there is nothing more honourable than being able to walk out in an Olympic stadium, albeit there's not going to be too many people in that stadium, mm. but knowing that you're carrying that flag out on behalf of your entire nation at an Olympic Games. And look, Kate's been to four Olympic Games. She's got a couple of, this is her fourth Olympic Games, I should be saying. I think she's only one of three people ever to be able to do that on the Australian swim team, either mm. male or female. Um, she's won a couple of gold medals. She's got about five medals, I think it is, in total. So to have that honour bestowed upon you is is amazing. And um, I couldn't imagine the feeling of going out there and doing that. And if you achieve nothing else in life, to know that that honour was were placed upon you and you were good enough to do that on behalf of your country at Olympic level. It's just, you know, phenomenal. And she's a wonderful person with it too. So I was just so proud to see you get that honour. Yeah, you and I have worked together quite a bit over the years at Channel 9 through a few Olympic Games and Commonwealth Games and TV shows. You're doing a bit for this one as well? Yeah, so I'll be doing a little bit with Sunrise over the course of the eight days of the swimming. So just yeah, giving a recap of some of the performances and, and some of the outstanding performances that we're naturally going to see um, from our Australian swimmers. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed we have a bit to, to talk about. But I'm particularly excited about seeing um, Ariana Titmus uh, perform and also uh, Kaylee McEwen, of course, who broke the 100-metre women's backstroke Ooh, wow. world record um, over the trials, which was just outstanding. She's just a teenager. And our relays, we've never seen such depth. You asked the question before, what do I think of the team? It says a lot when you've got that much depth across the women's uh, four-by-one freestyle relay, both um, the men's and women's four-by-two freestyle relays. We could effectively get three gold medals just out of the relay events, um, which is something that I don't think we've ever seen before from the Australian swim team. Grant, it must be a good feeling uh, as a swimmer. You generally get it out of the way. You race in the first week, and then you get to kick back and, and watch the rest of the Olympics. Was it, it must have been fun in the, in the Olympic village during that period. Oh, for sure. Um, it's it's always nice when you're, you know, in the first eight days and then the last uh, week of the Olympic Games, you get to go out, see the events, support, you know, other teams and other sports. You know, I was lucky enough to go to things like Kathy Freeman's uh, 400, of course, back in Sydney 2000. And, and some of the events that you get to see and some of the things that you get to participate in is, is amazing. I would hate to be a marathon runner that has to wait for day 17 to do a marathon. <laughs> All that build up and anticipation to an event like that, the pain that you've got to go through over that 
42 kilometres. I couldn't imagine. I might have to do one, lose a bit of weight. Hacky, always <laughs> great to have a chat. I tell you what, look, there'll be no crowds. It's going to be very different, but it will have its sense of magic. It's, it's remarkable when you work in and around games and big events. In the lead-up, there's always – this obviously has a different perspective in the lead-up, saying, oh, this won't work, the cars won't come in. But by the time it starts, everyone just embraces it, and I think that that's what will happen with Tokyo. Great to have a chat. Let's chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Shane. She plays rugby league, reports a presenter, and she's a Queensland supporter. Katie Brown is next. Time to talk rugby league and one of the great stories, and and historically this will be one of the most amazing stories, New South Wales and Queensland are playing the third game again in Queensland. So that will be three games in Queensland. Imagine, just imagine, daring to dream that we clean sweep beat all three Queensland games go to New South Wales. I'd like to cue Katie Brown, a Grafton, Queensland supporter. Katie, how are you? I'm I'm crying. I'm crying and I'm laughing at the same time and I literally have no comeback for you. <laughs> when they said, oh, yeah, let's have the third game at the Gold Coast, I thought, well, they've done this deliberately so when I have to talk to Tim and Shane, they can rub it in my face even more. <laughs> and, we're, and we're off the Gold Coast. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed up there, eh? Oh, I'm not. I'm not crossing my fingers at all. I'm just hoping that Queensland can score more than six points in the whole series, which would be really, really lovely. At least we've got a few few players back. Caelan Pong will be huge for us, but um, I don't really want to jinx it. I just want to compete. Yeah, well, I, I like, and everyone's got their own view. I do like the look of this football team in contrast. You know, Ponga adds so much, doesn't he? They've wobbled a little bit with the outside backs. They've put Ben Hunt in at hooker where he should have started. Uh, you know, Brimson's on the bench. So, and, and New South Wales is down on numbers. I know I was full of hubris at the start in my intro. I do think New South Wales will win, but I think Queensland will be better. And now, Paul Gallant, what is this story about him saying that football players need their daily dose of sex? What What's going on? Oh, I don't even know how this article got past, gents. Gosh, how to get past the editor. But, I mean, it does beg the question. There is always chat. And among mm. um, friend circles who are outside of rugby league, they do ask these questions. But basically, if you don't have a partner, if you don't have a wife, then you are under the restrictions and not allowed to have or see anybody, which means that for a young single male, uh, Paul Gallen is saying, look, it's going to be really hard. They, they've got urges. They've got habits um and two up if we're up to in queensland for up to two months that's really hard hard's a hard's a hard's a difficult word to use yeah (laughs) i think he's got one too one too many head knocks here (laughs) (laughs) oh I just oh, look, I look, look. It, it, it look to me, and look. All jokes aside, because there's a thousand lines we could throw at it, but it just goes to show the mentality of some people. And I don't want to ha- slam Paul here, but really, I mean, let's look at the wages. Let's look at the lifestyle for two months. Shane, your thoughts, please. Well, let's look at the law. Um, and and Jay Arrow, look, he's he's been a naughty boy. I see his his girlfriends defriended him on, on Facebook as well. Um, look, there's there's a lot of issues going around, but yeah, the the rules are there to protect not only the game but the people and the people around him. And uh, yeah, poor Gallon, I think he's just had one too many head knocks, mate, in the last fight. <laughs> surely, yeah, surely I'll back for that. two months. Anyway, uh, Katie, what about Sam Walker running the other way the other day? I loved it. My son's a massive rooster supporter and we're sitting there on the couch and the Bulldogs took them to the wire. And he goes, Dad, what's he doing? He's running the wrong way. 
I was the same. I was watching it in my lounge room going, Sam, you're too fast. You're getting into dangerous territory. What are you doing? And then luckily the, the clock at the field went off before the clock that I was watching online. So, man, oh, you're skating on thin ice. But, I mean, the the backlash he's copped on social media is not fair at all. He is the player who's earned his right to play in the first grade competition and they won the game. So I didn't have a problem with it. It spiced up and it made you you sit up and watch the last, what, 20 seconds of the game. Yeah, it was like watching a Benny Hill skit. <laughs> I was going to say, now, any, any update on the, on the Dragons? Where are they at? Oh, this is just, this <laughs> says broken all over at this club. Yeah. I'm sorry, Shane, but... I just think after this, particularly because Zach Lomax and Daniel Alvaro, the two who have not signed this statement from the NRL that basically says, you can't surprise us with any new information from the infamous Paul Vaughan barbecue that cost him his contract. And because they're not signing it, it's would I'm only assuming that there is information in that that's maybe incorrect or not added in yet. So... Watch this space on that, but mm. this is not the end of the Red V dramas. Yeah, there's plenty of dramas in rugby league at the moment. Uh, well done to Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo getting the guys in three bubbles up in uh, in Queensland so the competition can continue. And uh, look, that, that would have been a real awful hit to all of us rugby league lovers if we had to sit down through lockdown and not watch the footy. Katie, have a great week. Uh, look, I'd like to wish you all the best for State of Origin, but I'd be lying. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Yeah, have a great night. Uh, and, yeah, look, we'll talk next week. <laughs> All things the world game, English supporters, oh, no, we almost felt sorry for them. Rob Gilbert, our editor-at-large, is next. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Time to look at the world game. Our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. Well, we've all been loving the Euros. We all got up very early to watch Italy beat England. I know your household, well, you're married an Italian and your sons love it. Um, but the English, oh, I'll tell you what, flat as a pancake. They lost again in a penalty shootout. Yeah, Timmy, g'day, Shane. It was, <laughs> look, we've been following it closely. Obviously, I cover it for my podcast, Box to Box. But uh, my uh, older son, Thomas, uh, and his Italian mates and their dads have been going down to Ligon Street uh, since the knockout stages. And the crowds have just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And today, there was something like 10, 15,000 people. Wow. There. You know, we arrived at 3.30 and the, and the cafe that we were going into, th- there were five, 600 people lined up and um, somehow or other, fortunately, our friends know the owner. So we got in there and <laughs> it was just manic. Uh, the uh, scenes afterwards were, uh, well, you've seen them on the TV. Uh, there were thousands of people. Ligon Street was closed. Everyone was well behaved. It was great. But um, the, even I feel sorry for the English after another penalty shootout loss. Now, England scored, I think it was the second minute and uh, got off to a fantastic start. The uh, Italians equalised 
right towards the end. As you said, it finished in a penalty shootout, three-two to the Italians. Did did Southgate get it wrong with the reserves? Oh, look, I think he did. Uh, uh, the convenient thing to do is to to back him and say England made the final, their first major final since 1966. As you say, they got off to a flying start. Luke Shaw, it was a lovely goal on the volley. He was undefended. Unusually, the Italians didn't have their defence set, so Italy were off to the kind of start that had Wembley rocking, but they didn't take advantage of it. And as you say, in the Mm. second half, uh, there was a scrambling goal in the 67th minute, Leonardo Bonucci. No goal scored in extra time. It went to the penalties. And the uh, the point you make around uh, Gareth Southgate uh, and, and first of all, the strategy in responding to taking that early lead seemed to be the opposite of the way they started. If you watch the first five minutes, it was all excitement and then they backed off. But the choice of uh, the three penalty takers after Harry Maguire and Harry Kane had taken their goals was was puzzling that uh, he put on Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford. Young blokes had just come off the bench, but the, the, the last penalty, the fifth penalty that ultimately lost the final and won it for, for Italy when uh, Gianluigi Donamura saved it was a 19 year old Bukaya Sako who, who had never kicked a penalty for Arsenal so that's the big query when you had uh, players like Jack Grealish, Luke Shaw Raheem Sterling, all senior players who hadn't taken a shot so so to answer your question there Shane, yes I do think he got it wrong for that yeah. reason. Yeah and he's got his hands in the air, he said I was the decision maker on all that and there's history there with Gareth Southgate as a player 25 years ago but uh, let's let's not go there, look he's done a great job as, as manager of that team. Uh, look Lionel Messi, one of the greats of the game he earns the GDP of a small nation on a weekly basis, and he's got Argentina some silverware, the Copper America. So in brief, the Copper America was originally scheduled to be held between Argentina and Colombia. Political strife in Colombia, as well as COVID, uh, uh, they had it taken off them. Argentina decided they didn't want to get involved and uh, and declined to host, so Brazil took over. Uh, pretty much empty stadiums up until the final at the Maracanã. You had Brazil versus Argentina. Argentina hadn't won since 1993. Brazil were the defending champions. And the narrative to this story was that Messi and Neymar had neither of them won a major men's title. If you put the Olympics to one side for Messi, because, you know, it's a pretty much under 23s tournament. So uh, the Argentines are not rank outsiders, but they're the underdogs. And uh, Angel Di Maria scores on the 22nd minute. And it was just a, it was the most rock and roll and one nil win you've ever seen. Uh, there were uh, uh, attempts galore late by the Brazilians, but they just couldn't get the results. So uh, so if the uh, pub debates were still up in the air around Lionel Messi's greatness, then this result puts them to bed. Lionel Messi's finally won a title for Argentina. And just finally, Rob, uh, Olympics one week away. The Matildas and Oli Roos both are in really tough draws, aren't they? Yeah, they do. There's no question whatsoever that um, the, the Matildas are, are in a group with uh, with the USA, um, the, the Oli Roos against Argentina and Spain. So for, for either of them to get out of the group and contend for the medals is going to be really, really tough. But look, the fact is that both teams are there. Um, we've got a genuine chance if the Matildas can find some form under the new coach, Tony Gustafsson, after those early floggings. I know we've talked about that before. Uh, Graham Arnold obviously coaches the uh, Oli Roos and Socceroos, and, uh, and he's going to be there, hopefully, getting the kind of result that we have long waited for from this uh, this young Hollywood group. So, uh, yeah, so Olympics, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, I know that your family is uh, eating cannoli for the whole week in celebration of Italy's win over England. We'll chat next week. See you, Timmy. See you, Shane. Bye, Rob. Take care, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit 
follow or subscribe wherever you listen because we'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to our guests Grant Hackett, Katie Brown and Roberto Gilberti. That's the way he wants to call himself now after Italy's win. Spartan Sports as well, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And Daniello McHugh, our producer, who's fantastic. What an awful pronunciation. See you tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.